You're listening to a sermon on the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Stick around after the message for more information about Mission Ridge. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, everyone fears the Tyrannosaurus. It's great. Uh, Yeah, no, analog checks. I do like analog checks more. Uh, I have really cool analog checks with sharks on them. Um, So... Yeah, they're cool. There's like a great white and a hammerhead and a tiger and a le- mm, It's cool. Anyway, uh, I nerd out over those. So hi, everybody online. Um, yes, I am like, recovering from my shoulder surgery. And on Monday, I was reminded, oh, yeah, I'm on the schedule to preach. So that was cool. Uh, <clears throat> but I'm excited about it because at first I was like, well, maybe I'll just push it off. And then it was, no, it's the parable of the sower. I want this one. Um, this is one of my favorites. So, uh, yeah, we are going to continue through our series of uh, the seven parables that we're looking at, <clears throat> uh, guiding our steps, pulling a, a little bit out of these parables. See, look, gosh, now he's got me self-conscious about it. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> I'm just going to flop my hand around. Anyway, it'll be fine. This is, we're just going to go to this the entire time. It's fine. Oh, man, no, that's not going to work that way. Um, I did realize first service, I always put my left hand in my pocket when I'm like reading stuff and that's weird when my right hand can't do anything. So it's just very awkward. It's very awkward. But anyway, uh, we're, we're talking about the parable of the sower today, which is one of my favorites. And we're going to start off this, uh, this journey through this parable with a, uh, a question here of what are you hoping God will do in your life? We just got done with directed prayer and then the uh, comedy, re- I mean, announcements, um, with Rob, but before that, before we all laughed so much, uh, we were talking about this. It was a serious moment. And we were praying to God and we were, we were asking for the de- desires on our hearts, right? That's the idea with directed prayer. And so if we, if we start off with this question of what are you hoping that God will do in your life? What are you hoping to see God move and take action? Where are you hoping to see him do things? whether that be in your relationships or, or your, your close family or work, uh, school, what, whatever the case may be, where are you hoping to see God work? What are you hoping to see him do? Start off with that question. And I don't think this parable is going to specifically, like that's not the purpose of this parable to answer that question. Jesus wasn't, that wasn't what he was setting out to do. But that is a question that we are going to be able to answer as we look at this parable. So let's dive into the parable here. This comes out of Matthew 13, uh, top of the chapter. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down and the whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables saying, a sower went out to sow and he sowed some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured him. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil, only place they could go. And when the sun rose, they were scorched. Since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Which is a fun way 
to finish that parable. <clears throat> he who has ears, let him hear. I would pray that today God would give us ears to hear this. Now, if you've been, if you've been around the church for some time, uh, probably not even that long, uh, you've probably heard this parable used. I know I used it last year when we were in the Partner God Pursues. I think it was that series. Um, I remember throwing something uh, when I was talking about that. But uh, <clears throat> I know I used that, that parable there. This parable gets used a lot. And it oftentimes gets used kind of liberally. Um, you've probably heard this used in an evangelistic sense, right? Of we go out and we're supposed to go spread seed. And sometimes, you know, it's just not always going to take, but we, we just got to throw it everywhere. That's not wrong per se, but I don't think that that is what Jesus is getting at in this parable. Um, when, we, when we read through this and when we read his explanation of this parable that we're going to get to in a minute, it becomes really clear that the sower in this parable is God. The sower is God. The variable of the parable, which is a fun little rhyme, fun little rhyme the variable of the parable is the soil. We've got different soil samples here. <clears throat> God is sowing the seed. In this case, the seed might be the word of God. Perhaps we can see that. Okay. God acting in your life. And then the listener, we as we hear the parable, we are supposed to identify with the soil. Now we're going to talk about in footnotes a little bit, the, there's another, another take on this where uh, you tie this in with salvation and some people will do some work with that. Um, that I didn't want to get too far off track today. There's a lot we could talk about there and I figured that might be a little bit more fun when we can have a, a hot take from Kyle or from Rob or maybe even Jen. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, so we'll talk about that there uh, if you're like, I thought this was salvation. Maybe. We'll talk about that. But the one thing we should know about this is Jesus is using a common teaching template. Um, this is like a, <clears throat> a go-to word problem for rabbis, right? Or uh, if it would be the, the way to set up a joke, right? A priest, a minister, and a rabbi walk into a bar. You've heard jokes like that. And then the bartender says, what, is this a joke? It's, a, you know, it's the common setup for that joke, right? Or a chicken cross the road, right? This is a common template for how rabbis would teach. It's called the, uh, the four different learners is the template. And we'll talk, we'll talk about some specific examples of that uh, in footnotes just to nerd out over it because it's fun. But the basic idea of this teaching template is that it's challenging the listener to identify which character, which different learner they are. And so this parable of the sower is following the, the template of asking which Oh, excuse me, which learner are you? Which soil type are you? The parable is an invitation to ask yourself which soil type you are. How are you going to receive what God is sowing? How do you receive what God is telling you? <clears throat> what God is doing in your life? Now, the next thing that happens in Matthew there is the disciples ask Jesus why he teaches in parables and in classic Jesus form, he comes out and says, well, I teach in parables so that none of you understand what I'm saying, which is actually not that far off. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in footnotes. 
But the, the, the purpose of parables oftentimes is to make you wrestle with it a little bit more than just telling you as I'm doing in this sermon. We're breaking all of the, all of the rules with our Greekness here. It's fantastic. Good little Westerners. Um, but that's all right. Um, so we'll talk, about, we'll talk about that a little bit more in footnotes there. But uh, fun little exchange there with his disciples. And then, then Jesus does something interesting because most of the time we don't get an explanation for the parables. It's only two times out of, I believe there's 24 par- or there's 18 separate parables told and there's 24 tellings overall. But out of those, only two times, I believe, does the parable get explained. This is one of those. So he explains what's going on here. Verse 18, he says, Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what is sown along the path. As for what, is, as for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown in good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. So when we read his explanation, when we hear him explain this parable, it becomes very clear that the seed that the sower is sowing is the word of God which means that that sower has to be God. That's where the, ultimately, that is where the word of God comes from. That is what they would hear. They would say, oh, this is, the sower is God. We are the soil. <clears throat> and we have to identify which type of soil we are. He explains what these look like. We start off with the path. The path is the, the type of soil it doesn't understand. This is the person who doesn't, they, they're completely oblivious to it. They're non-responsive. They hear the word of God and it doesn't do anything to them. It doesn't, it doesn't react. They're, they're so hard, it just bounces off and then the evil one, in this case the birds, come and snatch it away. This is the path. Untreated ground. A heart that is not ready to hear what God wants to do. The next one is the rocks. This person understands. They're receptive to it. But they don't really have depth. They don't have their depth in the word. And so when the, when the harshness of the world comes in, when there's turmoil, they don't have the deep roots. And so the sun comes out and it withers them away. They can't, they can't withstand the hardships, the opposition is too much and they fold, they flake out. The next one is the thorns. This is the ground that's choked with weeds. They understand and they're receptive and and it grows and it's good. But there's this idolatry. There's these things that come between them and the word of God. There's these things that come between them and God and it chokes them out and ultimately they wither. These are the people who cannot let go of their idolatry. And then last, we have the good soil. 
who's the person who understands and does. They get it, they retain it, and then they take it and they, they act on it. It's not just hear and accept it, but they hear and they do because they produce this crop. This insanely bountiful harvest, and we'll talk about this in footnotes too. The, if you wanted to chase this down, um, we're talking mainly that, that surface level, Peshat level that we've been talking about, the Peshat, Ramez, Drosh, Sod. We're mainly talking Peshat today. That surface level teaching, which is good. Um, but we'll talk a little bit in footnotes about some Ramez level teaching. And if you wanted to chase down some heavy, the, and get to some of maybe the drosh that's, occur, that's occurring here, a good place to start might be looking up that word a hundredfold and figuring out where that occurs other times in the Bible or maybe only one other time in the Bible. Maybe if you wanted to go chase that down. Throw out some seeds there. Um, nonetheless, <clears throat> so we've got an explanation of this parable. We get a, we've got a pretty solid idea of what Jesus is telling us here. Now, there might, be, there might be some questions or some problems that we might see in this story, which is not a bad thing. That should draw our attention. We should be attracted to these problems or the questions that come up from this, right? First one that pops into my mind is, why on earth would someone plant seeds in bad soil? I'm not the best at uh, growing plants. I do have experience helping with gardening and farming and stuff like that. Don't have a super green thumb. But even I know that I'm not going to plant seeds on my cement. It doesn't work. I knew that one without even trying it. Um, it just doesn't work, right? And, and, and I'm not going to throw seeds into soil that's just a mess. I know I have to prep it before I plant. So why on earth is the sower, why on earth is God in this parable throwing seed out willy-nilly everywhere? find it intriguing. There might be some commentary there about how generous God is. That could be something that could be debated in care group, perhaps. Discussed. Uh, reminds me a little bit of the, uh, the parable of the vineyard that we talked about a couple weeks ago with the 11th hour, everybody getting paid, and God is just recklessly generous. Crazy guy. Doing what he wants with his money. It's crazy. Crazy. Um, I don't know, I digress though. So that's, that's possibly a question that we might have. Another one that pops into my mind is, uh, all right, so I'm supposed to identify with a soil type here. <clears throat> I'm either a path or I'm, maybe I'm mostly rocky or mostly weedy or whatever the case may be. Um, okay, so I figured out what I, ident- I, I figured out my soil type. Uh, this is my Enneagram number of Jesus's day. I am a Type five, rocky soil. Um, I figured that out. Am I stuck as a specific soil type? That's the question. Am I, am I stuck there? And I'd, I have to say no as I read this because if, if I was stuck and I couldn't change, if the listener cannot grow, then there's really not that much purpose to telling this parable. Jesus is just lobbing out a, well, some of you are going to get of it and some of you guys are idiots, so... Sorry, it doesn't really sound like Jesus. I, I, doesn't really sound like him. Just saying, 
So I don't think that's what's going on, which means that the question changes a little bit. It's a, how do I change soil types? Okay, so I've identified what, maybe I've identified where I'm at. How am I gonna change soil types? <clears throat> well, the process of developing soil into fertile growing ground is a difficult process. Breaking up hard ground, pulling out rocks and weeding are all hard work. I remember helping with my grandpa. It's, it's this consistent effort that is required. I would help out in his garden and every year we would have to, he'd been, this garden is older than I am for sure. Um, <clears throat> years and years of work and he'd rototill this deep and we'd get the really, you know, it's like the big tractor rototiller and so you get the, it tears up the soil and it's just fluffy and light and I would always like get in there and, and stomp on it, right? And see how far I could put my foot in because it felt cool to be like Godzilla and just, well, bam, right? And then we'd have to do it again because I'd tracked feet across it. I don't know why we had to do it for like one footprint or not, but you know, whatever. Um, so every year we would do this and, and then throughout the growing season, you have to rototill in between the rows and, you, and hoe where you can't get the rototiller in because you got to keep the weeds out. And every year without fail, there was always more rocks. I don't know where they came from. Like every single time you tear up the ground and you like, I picked out all the rocks last year and every year there was more. So I, I, they spring out of, we're really good at growing rocks. I don't know. I, I don't know where these come from. If there's a geologist listening to this, somebody please explain. I don't understand. There's gnomes that are bringing them back in. I don't, I don't know. Nonetheless, <clears throat> This constant effort, this consistent effort year after year. And think about who Jesus is talking to. He's talking to subsistence farmers. These people are growing food to survive. They understand the effort that it takes to grow food. They understand the effort that they have to put into their plots of land so that they're going to be able to provide for their families. Grow food or die. This is going to resonate with them. So how do I change my soil types? Consistent effort. And it's going to require an authentic look at yourself to understand what you need. To understand where I'm at is going to require a vulnerable, authentic look. One of our core values here at Mission Ridge is authenticity. <clears throat> Mike, if you want to throw that up there, we'll go through this. This is our core value here, uh, one of them. It's one of my favorites, along with Roughly Right. It's really easy for me to get behind this one. This one never grates on my nerves. That's a lot of sarcasm. Um, vulnerability and honesty, both as individuals in a corporate body, will be core to our identity. Without vulnerability, growth is handicapped, trust is lost, and dysfunction is fostered. We will commit to authentic living in order to build trust and strengthen relationships and grow as a community. We pull this out of 1 John uh, one, seven through nine. <clears throat> Although it obviously, we could pull it out of here too, probably. Authenticity, vulnerability, transparency. This is a, this is a core trait that we see in Jesus. <clears throat> but it, it starts, you know, we mentioned that it's, it's both personally and corporately, individually and corporately. Uh, it starts with me. It starts personally, right? this process of, of changing my soil type, I start with an authentic look at, at myself, asking myself, okay, why do I do 
blank? Why do I do what I do? Uh, the example I'm using this week is, why do I have such a hard time asking for help? Why do I not like doing that? It's been absolutely miserable, all of you like asking, hey, Logan, what do you need? It, I'm not telling you to stop. Don't. It's good for me. Choking on my beard. <clears throat> um, it's fantastic, so thank you for that. Um, but it's incredibly difficult for me. I'm, you know, I, I don't know why I would need help doing things, um, you know, but it, it is, it's difficult for me to ask for help. And I, and I have to wrestle with that a little bit. And that's been brought to the surface in the last couple of weeks. Fantastic. Definitely wanted to work on that. Thanks, God. Um, but I, I have to look at that and internalize and have an authentic, because I, I could just throw it out. Well, yeah, no, I don't want to be a trouble to people. That's not actually the reason. Is why, why do I do this? Is it, is it pride? Is it, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to have to trust people. Is that maybe what's going on? I don't, I don't know. What's, what's at the core of this, right? So it starts with that personal, authentic look at what's going on. <clears throat> and then it goes to the communal. It continues there. That's where this process continues. As I, I go to Rob and I say, all right, I'm wrestling with this. Here's, here's why I think this is going on. How does that sound to you? You know me pretty well. And he's like, yeah, you're completely off. That's, that's not even remotely close. Try again, right? Most of the time, you're, you're deflecting. Stop deflecting, Logan, right? That's, that's, that's probably what's going to happen with that. Uh, but that's the, I need, I need the community aspect of this. I need the, the outside input. And I need to be vulnerable enough to go for that because that helps me see the blind spots, that helps me see the things that I've built up walls around and I haven't wanted to touch on. Those places that are untouched dirt, that is a path in my heart where I'm like, nope, no seed is touching that. Absolutely not. There's too many weeds there and I'm not touching them, right? So it requires this authentic look. And last but not least, I kind of touched on this, is you can't avoid those places, you don't want to avoid the ground that's going to waste. There might be parts of us, there, there, you, you might think, yeah, nope, this is, this is going great. And that you have some exceedingly rich soil that you have developed and tended for years. And God is doing fantastic work in that area. But there might also be some places that's just, you haven't let, you haven't let that be developed. You haven't let that get touched yet, that you haven't pulled the rocks out of there, you haven't removed the weeds, whatever the case may be, we can't avoid those. Don't avoid the places where the ground is going to waste. <clears throat> Tangible, kind of a, an image of this is, we're going to throw up this picture here. <clears throat> this, is a, this is a Google Earth image of down there at my grandpa's, uh, his place in town there, and that's his house up there, and my great-grandmother's house is down there in the corner. So this was like the best place to run around and have fun. Um, there's the garden up there next to his house. It used to be way bigger and then he got old and we made it smaller, um, which is totally, it's still gigantic. <clears throat> um, and so all of this down here has all been worked for years and years and years, this, this lower portion of the screen. And then the road, above the road, there's this one little chunk up in that upper left corner um, and you can see there's been some stuff done with it now, but for years and years, it was just this triangular piece of land that the road had cut off, and it was just a weed patch, and 
also contained whatever people had thrown out of their windows, beer bottles. I don't know why they're throwing those out of cars. That's a terrible place to have a beer bottle. Uh, don't do that, kids. Um, and so little, you know, little old me as a kid, grandpa, you know, there would be weeds and they'd grow up and it was just, un, just, it's just an eyesore. And then eventually it would become too much of an eyesore and he'd be like, go out there and mow it down. And I'd go out there with John Deere and run over everything. Beer bottles explode. Didn't really know that was a bad idea as a kid. Um, I was a genius. <clears throat> really, really a thinker. Longevity of like, if you explode the beer bottle, now there's glass everywhere that you're going to run over. Works well, works well. Um, nonetheless, so at some point he decided, I'm going to use this. He'd always had this idea of creating uh, a monument. Um, there's, uh, he saw this statue down in South America way, way back in the day. Um, and he had a picture of that and he'd always wanted to recreate that up here. And it's, it's a, it's a big bronze statue, um, in honor of the sheep herding community that was part of Southern Idaho. He grew up as a, as a sheep, as a sheep guy. Um, he'll tell you about that to this day. It's fan, one of the, one of the few memories he has left. It's fantastic. But, uh, so he decided that we were going to do this. And I think it was the year, I think it was the summer of 2012. That was the summer of Nehushtan. I nicknamed it Nehushtan. Go and find the meaning of this. That's a fun little, fun little joke. But uh, we spent all summer, we'd, we'd tore out, you know, we'd get in there with the backhoe and you level it off and then you, you shape the ground how you want it to be and you spray and you kill all the weeds and so much work, blood, sweat, and tears, and literally flesh off of my arm um, at one point for this, for this project. And it went from being this, this useless chunk of dirt with just a bunch of weeds and beer bottles to something that was really quite pretty. And, uh, you know, he gave that to the historical society, and now it's, it's this, this really cool thing that Hagerman has that you can go swing through and jump on the horse and take a picture or sit on the sheep if you're a daily child and pretend it's like a war sheep. My brother's got a picture like that. It's fantastic. Um, and it's this, it's this blessing to the community. It's taken this, this previously unused ground and now it's giving back to those around him. Which if you've, if you've been a gardener, Rob pointed this out to, this out to me earlier. Um, we always have way too much of something. Um, like uh, th- this year, there was, there was so many peaches that I pulled off of that tree when I was down there that summer. I was like, what on earth are we going to do with all of these? Well, you give them out to people. It's the same way up here. You know people with, like, with the, the farms and the gardens and the zucchinis. Somebody always has too many zucchinis. You know it. Um, and so it's this blessing to the community that when you do tend the soil, you can then bless those around you. So back to that original question that we started with, what are you hoping God will do in your life? What are you, what are you craving? Where are you craving to see God at work in your life? The answer to that question is another question of what type of soil is he working with? Because the answer is entirely dependent on this. 
what do I want to see God do in my life? If I want to see that occur, I got to give him good soil to work with. The kingdom of heaven is comprised of individuals who are tending their soil so that they can bless the other people around them. That is what we're seeing in this parable. The people that are willing to stick this out and tend and do the hard work that then in turn leads to growth in the kingdom. So our implication today is that Christ invites you to improve the soil of your heart. That is what he's telling us in this parable. That's what he's asking us to do. That's what he's communicating to us is tend the soil. Improve that soil. Take it from wherever it is and move it a little further along. Whether you're the path or the rocks or the thorns or overall or parts, take that good soil and continue to consistently maintain it. Now there's some Ramez teachings that have to do with the path and the rocks and, and they're fascinating and we'd be here till kingdom come if, uh, if I tried to talk through all of it by myself here. So we're going to talk about those a little bit more in footnotes too, which will be, this is going to be a wham bam episode of footnotes. This is, I'm so excited for this one. This is going to be fun. Um, we've got so much to talk about. Uh, it's going to have to be a speed round probably, guaranteed. Uh, we'll break out the gong. But anyways... Uh, We'll talk about those a little bit more in depth. But uh, we pulled our next steps from these these four different soil types here. Um, And so we'll talk about this first one here. The first next step is kind of based around the the path. So in those places where, where you're either disconnected and you're just not receptive to what God is doing, you're just, you don't understand that's the one the path doesn't understand. All three, the, the three other ones, they understand at minimum. But if you're like, I just don't get this. You don't know where this is at. You don't understand things. The answer to that is to seek community. The answer to that is to break up that ground and create a space where God can work. To connect with people who can help you do that. To protect yourself from being snatched away by the birds, right? Think of it as the buddy system. It's the community. <clears throat> Our next step is, uh, the next one is, anchor yourself in the word of God, aka grow deep roots. This is the problem with the rocks, right? The rocky soil, they didn't have deep roots. They grew quick. They understood and they, they were, yeah, it sprung up, but it didn't have the roots to sustain it when things get hard, when things get difficult. And so in order to do that, in order to grow those deep roots, we need to anchor ourselves in the word of God. And what we do here is we've got LTGs, we've got care groups, we've got community that we, that we latch into there. And we dig into the text. And we spend time wrestling with that. And, and we develop consistency in our interactions with God. And we say, yeah, we're gonna read this every single day. Or at least we're going, to make a, we're going to make an attempt to, right? We're going to get into the text every single day. We're going to pray every single day. We're going to be spending time with God consistently. And we've got a community of people around us that are going to help us do that so that we can grow deep roots so that when things get difficult, 
when we're faced with opposition, we don't flake out and we don't fall and we don't wither. We don't blow away. We're firmly rooted. So anchor yourself in the word of God. Our next one is remove weeds that choke out what God is doing in your life. This one's not easy. This is uncomfortable, right? This is the one that we're like, oh, I, don't, I really don't like this one. <clears throat> this is turning away from your idols or distractions. This is removing sin in your life. This is not, this is not an easy process. Just the same as weeding is not an easy, at least, I don't know, I've never enjoyed it. I have to discern, is that a weed? Is that a plant? All right, that's a weed. Pull it out. And without fail, the weeds always have the better roots. I don't know why that's the case. They're just nasty. You need to turn away from your idols. Turn away from the distractions. Cut out the things that are going to pull you away from God, that are going to get in between what God is trying to do in your life and what you've got going on. And then last, share the blessing of your crop. Uh, you need to share what God is doing in your life. It's this, he indeed bears fruit and yields. You have this, this bountiful harvest, and what do you do with that? We talked last week, you, don't, you definitely don't build new grain silos for it. That, that apparently doesn't end well, right? You share what God is doing, and that that's, that grows the kingdom, that spreads that. Because that sort of good news, that sort of gospel, if you will, when you share what God is doing in your life, even if it's this one little section over here, it doesn't have to be, I've got all of my ground just ready to go. This one little section where you see God working, you share that, and that propagates, that spreads like a weed almost. Might be some foreshadowing to another parable. Spreads like wildfire. You can't stop it. Share what God is doing in your life. <clears throat> but it starts with that authentic look at where you are. The different places in your life and you're like, I need to work on the rocky soil here or there. <clears throat> it starts with that introspection to improve the soil of your heart. Thanks for listening to the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share if you enjoyed this message. Mission Ridge is a new church in Missoula, Montana. If you're in the Missoula area, we would love to have you join us for worship on a Sunday. For more information about Mission Ridge, connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, or online at missionridge.church. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at missionridge.church forward slash give. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you have a blessed week. We'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>